Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hey, welcome back. Thank you for being here in Soul Talk. And today, this is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love. And today we have a very special invite. Her name is Gia Ariane. She's a guide uh, of people that start living lives in the openness, trust and acceptance to the inner child and healing. She's an inner, inner healing breath coach. And we have many questions for her. So thank you, Gia, for accepting my invitation for to Soul Talk. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Monica, for having me here. It's going to be an amazing hour. Thank you. Gia, let us know what you do with, uh, how do you coach with people? How do you work with people? So I mainly help people through breath work. So that has been something that I do. Initially, I did coaching and more of the coaching that I did was coming back to the wholeness of ourselves. How I could explain it is that a lot of us grew up with this belief, this broken belief that we are not enough, that there's something that we need to prove from the outside and get from the outside as well. And with the coaching that I do, it's always about coming back to that space of wholeness, to that space where we feel whole and complete just within ourselves. That doesn't mean that we don't do anything in the outside or we don't get any of our goals done. It's mostly about just knowing that we are already okay. And and I believe that that is a different approach because most often than not, when we're in this personal development space, we tend to seek and try to fix ourselves, which is contrary to the foundation of this principle, which is that we are already whole. And it's just that there's so many things that's blocking that or that's stopping that to fully unfold. And one of the tools that I use is also breath work. Huh. That brings me to many questions because I, as a coach, yes, we're whole. That's mm-hmm. we're ready. We're not broken. Uh, we're completely whole. Every single human being. But at the same time, there's many traumas. There are many issues that we all have. I have not met one human being that do not need uh, to work with themselves in some way or or the other, because there are some traumas and things that that we have lived from childhood to our present day. You know, mistakes, guilt, shame, blame, fears, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that we can name it. Yes. So, how do you approach that? Those traumas or those things that they have to help with themselves because that's from the personal development. Yes. So mainly the technique that I've learned is called transformational breath work. So it's a journey that I walk through a person or a group of people that really taps into the subconscious. So the science behind it is that in that container where it's safe to do the breath work, we do this sympathetic breath work wherein we breathe a lot. And with that breathing, we tap into a moment wherein we are in this cold flow state or runner's high. And the science behind it is that that moment actually taps into transient hyperfrontality. So there's less oxygen in the parts of our mind that thinks a lot, less oxygen on the parts of our conscious mind. And then we then now go into this state wherein we're more susceptible for subconscious reprogramming. And also we tap into the things of our subconscious to release that through the breathwork experience. How do they know they have to release something if they haven't observed it to start? Mm, that's it a very good question, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if we go with the worthiness, mm-hmm. many people, uh, they know... 
they don't even know they they are not they are caring with that. They just know that they're making the same mistake over and over and over, and they haven't realized that they're not feeling worthy enough. So yeah. how do they how do they work with that? So for me, it's mostly about developing that certain awareness. And the breathwork is a tool for people to come in and they already know that they need to work on something. In terms of starting out and really not being aware of things, mainly for me, that would be more of like an introspective journey for that person to really see what's happening here. Is there a pattern that I'm building? Is there always the same mistakes that is arising in in the one's life so that's something that I would be able to look at in terms of like that person being able to see and being more aware of it and awareness kind of comes in different places I believe one of that would be through meditation but then at the same time not everyone does that And it's mostly about seeing everything that we do on a bird's eye view and not getting too entangled with everything that happens. And some people can tap into that through journaling or therapy or or even just talking as well to a friend, a trusted friend or a mentor or a coach. But beyond that, I think mainly when a person's ready to see that, they will be able to see it through life's events, through things that happen within our space and around us as well. But at the same time, we always have a blind spot. Mm. There is always that possibility. I'm not going to say that you, someone has to tell you what is you're doing wrong. You mm-hmm. can achieve that by yourself. But at the same time, observing it from different angles, that's how you can observe better. What are your what are you doing wrong? What are your blockages? Why are you repeating the same story? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And more when they still with the mentality of victim. Yes. Because when they have the mentality of victim, they think the world is doing that to them. Not they're they are creating that to their sales. Mm, absolutely. That's why the important part of this is that we bring out the message the message of how it came about for me it's mostly about my own stories on how I realized that there's this blind spot you may call it or maybe a term that I would use is an immature part where and it's not yet fully fully known in terms of being in that space of awareness and also seeing what is really going on in here what pattern is it and for me I use my own stories to shine light on that because I've been in that victimhood for so many years and for me it really brought me in a space where in it's very dark and also at the same time there's that loop of self-pity and then guilty feeling guilty of of feeling that self-pity and and also shame so it's like circular and it's never ending as you say until until we actually make that decision that there's something here I don't know what it is but I need to change yes but that part where you said that I don't know what it is but I need to change that part is I don't know what it is sometimes I don't know how um, how your technique goes. I have not experienced your technique with you. So I, for me, it's hard to understand how, like, let's say the same, uh, the same worthiness. Like, okay, I have done this. I have done that. I have, you know, I have clients that they have done almost everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they still stuck with it. I don't feel worthy enough. A lot of this stuff of the worthiness comes from childhood mm-hmm. and, uh, yes. and the majority of the human beings. So that's where it was born, let's put it like that, in the worthiness. And, uh, and they don't even remember because they have this blockage because it was too painful to observe. 
and that will not change onto the future onto light is shining on onto that mm -hmm. yes but can you work with that in, with your technique of breath yes because breath work is very somatic and as you've mentioned we may not even know everything and anything that the traumas that we carry but our body knows that so we may not know and pinpoint it specifically but with the body body remembers all of these traumas that we've gone through and with breath work how i can explain it is that breath work we have the conscious part of it and the unconscious part of it and if we can remember there would be times that we manipulate it and try to breathe a bit slower if we feel more anxious already and we just breathe okay let me just let me just take a, a breath right here and normally we see ourselves going there but before that there's a space wherein we notice that we're breathing shallow so that is the body's way to to bring out the unconscious into the conscious part of it so with working with breath that's the reason why it's amazing is because we also tap into the unconscious part of it the body then releases things that we are not able to release otherwise by thinking through it then mm -hmm. that you're teaching also to become the observer because that that is part of it's a big the big issue that the majority of the human beings, they don't observe their bodies. They are not listening to their bodies. They're not observing themselves or even what they say or think or feel. Yes, exactly. And the moment that we come back to our breath and breath is because inside the container, yes, there is the technique. But outside that, I always say and I always impart the part that within the container it's a time to practice being with the breath but outside is the real game outside to our daily life where we notice our breath do we actually notice it do we come back do we as you mentioned observe it and by just by observing our breath it already tells us so so many things um one part of that would be is that we will notice how subtle differences between the breathing that we do when we are actually at ease or the breathing that we do when we are triggered and when there's something coming up. And in that space, we know that, wait a minute, before I actually jump into conclusion or think or do something, let me check, am I in a space wherein I'm actually within myself I'm actually aware of my body or am I making some decisions or actions just to suppress that feeling, whatever I'm feeling right now? Hmm. That sounds very, very interesting. It's a very cool technique because, yes, we, we can't, we're, we change in the moment we're triggered or we feel an emotion, our breath change. Unfortunately, yes. the majority of the human beings, they're not aware of the breathing. <laughs> we breathe all the time, every day, uh, 24 hours a day, but without being conscious. So it is a very cool technique. What is this technique is called? So the one that I do in the container is transformational breath work. And it involves different types of techniques within that. But the journey in itself, it's also a difference between the way that the music is selected and the way that a person goes through a journey. Outside of that, in the techniques that we use are actually just different techniques, breathing techniques that I've learned from two, because I've done two certifications and most of them do talk about nervous system regulation. So that's one of the things that is part of the breath work. Hmm. That sounds interesting. I I have practiced different kinds of, of breath work. Mm -hmm. Like with Dr. Joe Dispenza, there's another one of Tony Robbins, there's another one of the mm -hmm. Iceman. Oh, or yes, yes. <laughs> they're, and they're different. Familiar, yes. <laughs> and they're all different. They're all amazing. 
and very transformative, all of them. But uh, but what is it? Are they similar? What do you do? No. So basically, those ones because I've done some of them as well. They are shorter in span of time. So how I would categorize this is that the breathwork space is massive, isn't it? It's very big. So you, we all have these breathing techniques that we could do on a daily basis to regulate our nervous system. And that involves breathwork that I can categorize it into three. We're in, it involves breathwork that activates our system. Then the next one is balancing our system. And then the last one is to help us regulate and rest. So those three types, you know, let's put that aside. Then now comes the breathing techniques that we have to help us release emotional blocks or to really take us deeper into our psyche or into our body as well. And that then would come into this transformational breathwork, which is a longer period of parasympathetic, excuse me, not parasympathetic, sympathetic breathing. It's a longer part. So it it's kind of, but not holotropic breathing. So some people have used holotropic breathing for therapies and things like that. So that it's a longer part where we activate the body and the nervous system to release anything that doesn't serve us anymore. And that involves into this an hour to an hour and a half of curated playlists wherein we go deep into that breath work, listen to the music. And on my part, I do the guidance in terms of the breathing technique and also a bit of coaching as well. And that's when we, there's also a part where we do the subconscious programming when the person is already at a state of flow, then we put in suggestions like NLP, like suggestions on these new beliefs and these new affirmative beliefs. Hmm. It sounds really, really interesting. And uh, how would you work with so, uh the with uh, someone that with worthiness in that way so sorry to bring you back again to mm -hmm. the no problem. but uh but how do would you work with someone with, with a worthiness yes worthiness i would first ask the specific moments or specific um, experiences that a person has in terms of that is dealt with worthiness because that is then brought up is as an intention with the breath work. And then I also ask, I would ask the person to just let it go, let it be and trust the breath doing its work. And then we go through the breath, we start the breathing technique and throughout the breath work, I'll be guiding the person with doing the proper technique And it's just focusing back to the breath, focusing back to the technique. And at some point, the person then would go into this state of transient hyperfrontality, wherein there's less thinking and more being in the body. And in that state, the person can release things that may, that is ready to be released, whatever is coming up for them. And it's very somatic, it's very visceral, as well as the breath as well. So sometimes people do need to shake it off or sometimes people need to cry it out. Sometimes people can scream it out, whatever it may be for them that is entangled with this worthiness. And it can be very specific, especially with worthiness, because we all have our own experience to that. But it, it can also be general and afterwards we would go into a, med a short meditation just to integrate the whole process and not let the person walk around being in the state of sympathetic activated state. And then in that space, we lock it and we really ground into the intention and come back to our body and feel our body. And afterwards, we then have a few moments of just talking or sometimes some some people would prefer to be alone and journal and meditate right after 
is to understand what it just happened. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, when something that I notice when people get like the ha moment, because that's what it changed. The, those aha moments are just precious for every mm-hmm. single human being because that's what it's like. Your conscience just open up or start observing things in a different way and that's it. That's where the healing occur. And, uh, but in those moments, how often it happen with your, with your technique? With those, regards to yes, the, with the uh, moments. Uh-huh. It is, I believe it's varied. It depends on the person and it really depends. Everyone that I've worked with so far have gotten out something from it. Either it can be big or it can be small. So one one person that I guided through a group journey, at first I thought, you know, she she, she really experienced a deep healing and then that was it. But then she posted that actually she was carrying five, was it five years of this? um, She had a relationship that recently ended and she was carrying so much weight for the length of five years. And somehow... Through the breathing, through the breath work, she managed to release that weight. And that has been something that's very common. Recently, I've guided someone as well who went through a grieving period. Um, He lost his father and he lost his dog as well. That was a companion of the father. And through the breath work and after, he mentioned how much he felt so light afterwards as if there was so much heaviness in the body that just slowly faded away. And I could explain it as something that is very experiential, very visceral, and also unique person to person. But what has been common in terms of my own understanding is that a person really feels lighter afterwards. That is very interesting. Well, in my personal experience, I know that as soon as you start releasing all that trauma or shame or blame or fear, whatever it is you're you're carrying, you also heal your body physically. Mm -hmm. Because I am a true believer that all the sickness are psychosomatic after having lupus, RA, fibromyalgia, and depression, and heal myself. When apparently the doctor says that all those sickness are not curable, and uh, I am proof that they are when you do the mm-hmm. so this your technique can also change that you can heal that because they're releasing the trauma or whatever they're carrying mm-hmm. right yes, so are you asking me if they can release these physical I... Physical illness, I wouldn't be particularly on like specific physical illness. I've seen my mentors do that. On my experience, I haven't really dealt with it. Most of the experiences that I have is mostly about mental health and the equilibrium that we have within our own psyche. In terms of the breath work with regards to healing physical illness, it's not a claim that I would say it could definitely, it may well have with some people, but it's not a claim that I would put to say, yes, it does. Yeah. yeah we, we can claim that all that inner work is going to heal us physically because that depends on the person. Mm, yes. I don't think they have the themselves or, or in the technique or whatever they're exactly. doing. Exactly. The, whatever they're going through as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's totally possible that it could help people in terms of, because the work in itself is, in terms of health, I mean, because the work in itself is very much in the body. It regulates the nervous system outside of the practice in the transformational breath work. There are other techniques that I do share as well that regulates the nervous system. And in that aspect, it already releases so much stress within our body and helps us to know how we can balance our own nervous system. What, what are the techniques you use? 
Oh, some some of them, um, I can share some of them now. So basically, we can categorize it into three um, techniques, three, um, three categories that I've mentioned earlier. So one of them that helps us to activate is the fire breathing, wherein we breathe through the belly. And then the other one, which is a balancing breath, we can then do the five is to five breathing. So we inhale for counts of five. And then we exhale as well for counts of five. And then the last one, which is what we can use before we sleep, is what we call, um, it's a cooling breath. So we can do it four, seven, eight, meaning four counts inhale, seven counts pause, and then eight counts exhale. And with all of these three methods, the main thing here is actually just the manipulation of the ratio and the rate of the inhalation and the exhalation. Yeah, the, getting the longer exhalation can create also the coherence between your heart and your brain. The five is to five. Yes, I've heard about that and I've learned about that as well. So the five is to five is the one that helps us to tap into heart-brain coherence. Mm. Yes. Can you explain to our viewers, uh, mm -hmm. what is our listeners, what are their, what is the benefits from uh, making coherence with your heart and your brain? So mainly, I will also explain just a little bit about the technique as well before I dive into the benefits. The heart-brain coherence mainly taps into a certain frequency wherein our heart is matching the frequency of our brain. And if I'm not mistaken, this has also been studied by, by Greg Braden in the HeartMath organization. So in this technique, we then count, we inhale for counts of five and exhale for counts of five. Within that, we then regulate our system so that we are actually breathing in a certain frequency. So the benefits of that is that we are able to tap into the alignment of our heart and of our mind. So it's like how I could explain it more is that our body is aligned with our mind. So we can tap into our intuition better. We can also make decisions in a space of clarity. And there's less stress in this moment as well, because most often than not, when we feel stress, when we feel anxious, it's just us being too much in our head that we cannot even remember to be in our body and to ground ourselves in our body. Yes, that, that is true. And yes, I also uh, learned from, from Greg Brayden. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so the benefits from, from this it will be? So the benefits, um, one of that would be that we have less stress. We are able to regulate our body even more. So our heart and our mind is connected together more and aligned more. So in that space, we can tap into, uh, as I've mentioned earlier, a place where in our critical thinking or our judgment is clearer in terms of making decisions in a space of clarity and awareness. Yes, for our listeners, um, I just wanted to clarify, when you're, you have to take a decision, I would not recommend, it's always gonna be your choice, but I would never recommend to uh, make a decision when you're sad, when you're mad, when you're in that station, uh, state of mind, let's put it like that, because that's our, Choices that are not going to be from your highest good. So, yes, these techniques will help you a lot to center yourself before you make a decision. Any decision that you have to make, and more, they're crucial. You want to get a divorce, or you want to move from a different city, or quit your job, or get a job, or whatever uh, important decisions. It is important to have a clear mind. Absolutely, because there's a very big distinction between making decisions out of fear or out of lack or out of trying to get away from the pain 
not saying that this isn't valid. It is absolutely valid. And we've all done that. I'm pretty sure we've all, all done so many decisions in our lives based on that. But at the same time, there's the beauty as well that when we tap into this space of alignment and awareness and really making decisions out of love, out of expanding and wanting to grow and spreading more abundance to other people. So there's difference of the feeling as well between those two knowing that one isn't how I would say it is one isn't gonna be outweighing the other one it's always about one would lead to a certain outcome then the other one would lead to a different outcome it's just about knowing what is it what would we like to actually call in in our lives what kind of experiences do we want to feel and experience from now on how much time would they achieve their goals or their releasing or whatever uh, they're working on it is very relative though in terms of the breath work because some people again they they go through it with one session and they really have released a very big chunk of it And with that, they're happy to maybe just do a session or two afterwards. But some people do need a few sessions to go through with that. It's So it depends on the person, depends on the awareness of the person as well outside of the practice, because we can all do the work within the practice. But if we if we don't follow it up with our own guidance and our own practices outside of the breath work then that can also be a different fact that can also be a factor is there any downside to this downside i would say is that there are certain contraindications people who have epilepsy or high heart rate high blood pressure glaucoma and um people who have severe asthma, COPD, or also, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember it on top of my head, um, mental health challenges as well, like severe mental health challenges. So those would be the contraindications. So the downside, I would say, is not it's not something that I can freely just give it to everyone and hope for the best. Like, it's not that. It really is a deep work. And there is really extreme care as well on my part. So those would be those contraindications. I normally, if I can come across with someone who have those, I do a different type of breath work with them, not specifically the one that is the transformational breath work. What mental issues will be affected? Uh, uh, what mental issues will be, affe uh, will be affected by by the transformation of breath work. What mental health issues, issues are, are? It's very varied, yes. So um, if I'm the ones that would be the PTSD mm -hmm. would be one, schizophrenia would be one, severe depression would be one as well. Why? Why will be affected by it? It's not um it's not part of like it's one of the contraindications that we have because the breath work is really it's something that really tackles deep into the nervous system. And so it's recommended from our mentors that we don't particularly open our platforms to people who have those certain issues, especially if they are undergoing um, their own therapy already and also if they're also using medications because the medications that they would have will most likely be the medications that would have altered the neurochemicals of the system sure. and if we are playing and if that is something that is getting affected with the whole breath work then matching both it's not good Because the ones you mentioned, like depression, PTSD, and uh, schizophrenia, 
the majority of the people have a certain degree that trauma can cause PTSD. Depression mm -hmm. can come in bipolarness or it can come in different ones or anxiety also can come also in PTSD or, you know, so, or schizophrenia. It is a bipolarness. By being bipolar also can be having schizophrenia and so forth. And like that, it goes on and on and on because the three of the ones that you mentioned, it is mm -hmm. almost all the mental illness. Basically, you only can have same people <laughs> for that. <laughs> I wouldn't really... That may be one perspective to it, but on my perspective, it's different because there are people who are undergoing medications that are in those um, that are going through those mental health issues and challenges at the moment. And there's still uh, so many, so many people who who aren't going through those issues but are going through different type of challenges. And at the same time, I do believe that at some point in the future, this would also be available for people who have those kind of challenges, just because it's, I think it's only because it's not yet widely practiced in a way that's also research. Because there have been a research as well that a certain doctor I will go get back to this research, actually. But what they've mentioned to me with my certification, and there was actually a research done with mental health patients with holotropic breathing. So it is possible, like, and but only for like certain cases where in on my end, it's something that I am doing quite new. And at the same time, I'm also not medically and mental health trained in terms of as a profession. But most likely for people who are mental health trained and who are therapists and who are dealing with the patients that I've mentioned earlier, most likely this is something that they can start offering. Who knows? Someone may be doing it already. Right now, to put me to think, in the, the majority of the cases after the pandemic and the lockdown, Mm -hmm. that many people went into depression and we're talking from kids to older people or they and that created in some people ptsd mm -hmm. they've been diagnosed with just from the pandemic that we were in lockdown and so forth and uh or schizophrenia or it provoked a bunch of mental illness this lockdown and this big scare that we fear that we all got worldwide so you will not be able to treat uh to treat them uh with with the breath work no at the moment no i wouldn't um i wouldn't um dare to start just because i'm early in my practice i'm pretty sure there would be someone who would be able to help them and would be able to offer this this medicine as i would say for them in a safe and curated environment the reason why because i'm saying no is that for me i mostly do it online and those challenges i believe they need to be in a more curated um, in a safer environment wherein there's one or two or three more practitioners involved and there are people doing that already that i know in my circle it's just that for me as an individual it's not something that i'm offering at the moment okay you're located where? In England? In UK, yes. I am in Lincoln. In Lincoln, UK. Yes, I understand that there is a lot of... Um, we know uh, together, in fact, uh, coaches... Well, now they're coaches, but they used to do in the medical field. They used to be psychologists and so forth. And now they're coaches. And unfortunately, I believe worldwide, we need more practitioners of um, of many kinds because they have a lot of restrictions to the medical field for the insurance purpose. So they don't get sued. Yeah. And, yes. uh, and they are not, instead of uh, taking a client for a few months and actually fixing the problem, 
they would take them for years because one one of them is the industry of in uh yes mm -hmm. no and also the industry of uh insurance will will want to keep the person for longer because it's business for them mm. or with medication because it is business for them at least mm -hmm. the majority in the United States at least where I am mm -hmm. uh, or the psychologist they will not treat a, a, a client if they don't have if they're not medicated mm. yeah so if they are uh, in, the depre in depression instead of uh, working with the client and work it through they will have to, uh, uh, the, the majority of the times they, in the United States, I'm not going to say all because I will be mm -hmm. extreme, but the majority of, of the of the uh, therapists, they will put them in medication so they can finally start talking to them. And that will create alternatives like this one. Not possible for someone that can break it through with work or by breathing or by talking. Correct. At some point, yes. And at the same time, on the other side of it, I do think that some people are getting out of that circle already and not wanting to have the medications and try different approaches and healing modalities. It's a very, it's a very, one, controversial topic. And at the same time, being a healthcare professional myself, being a nurse, I do understand because there are certain rules and guidelines and procedurals and there's it's vast. And somehow the system has been created in that way. And as you mentioned, it is a business. And so for the goodness of more people, I do feel that there are certain people who are already rising up, curating in an environment wherein they can be treated with less of the medicines, but more of this type of modalities. How long that can be, um, that can take before it can be brought into the majority of people, I am not sure. But I do believe that it is something that is, is starting and and also some people that I know are partnering up with like veterans and people who have severe PTSD. So there are, it, it is in the works. It just takes time. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, in the worldwide, after more after the pandemic, we need more people that are working with all these issues and with a lower cost. At least in the United States, we have a big problem with, with all these issues observed at the news, what is happening in the schools, uh, and mm -hmm. that's mental problems. It's not a gun problem, it's a mental problem. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, and unfortunately, yes, we need more, more kind of therapies, holistic therapies, or whatever kind of therapies that is affordable for the majority of the human beings, and they don't take years to to actually get out of depression or PTSD or anxiety, whatever issues they have, can take a few sessions or at least at least a half of what it takes to the medical industry. <laughs> exactly, absolutely. And the more that people do recognize, for one, breath work as a modality that can help that, because another thing that is on the top of my mind is um, mindfulness-based therapy as well. So these type of therapies, as the more that people come to know about them, I believe they have become more of the frontline modalities that people use. Yes. And they're right now more available, uh, cognitive behavior, NLP, mm -hmm. etc. that they are very, very useful and, and fast. Exactly. And yes. not necessarily it is only created for uh, from the medical industry. Yes, so exactly. Anyone can get the certification. Of course, they have to do their exams and they get to study and, and so on. So so like that, uh, they can get a certification if they want because they're necessary yes. right now. Yes. And uh, what do you suggest to someone that is passing through 
through those emotions, uh, let's say that I, I encounter a lot of people with PTSD or depression. Mm-hmm. What did you would recommend to them to do? One thing, if you can be more specific on that, what would it be like? Um, because PTSD is very different than depression. Depression is one of the symptoms of a lot of mental health. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Like anxiety is also use a, it's just a symptom of all the mental mm. <laughs> A very a very general, and this is something that I would love for people to just take in if it resonates, that I would love to leave would be the acceptance of feelings it's allowing the feeling to really go through our body and notice where the feeling is for example for example um a certain event triggered us i would say um there's someone who said something that you didn't like or that a certain person wasn't loyal to you and it hurt your trust it broke your trust normally in those specific cases and you can think of one for yourself you would notice the body's reaction what is happening in the body i could say there would be a certain sensation so tap into that and here's the thing with this when we are in deep into this state of depression or or stress, or anxiety, sometimes we cannot even pinpoint. So allow yourself some time to just be with your body, be with your breath, and just tune in where is it in your body. And then when you when you are able to locate it, then you can close your eyes and just feel what is the sensation. If you can tap into what is it, the quality of the sensation rather, what is the color, if there's a color that you feel is coming up. And then afterwards, if you can name it, then name it. If you feel rejected or you feel embarrassed, if you can even go deeper into that feeling, then do so. And at the same time, I'd open it up by saying, I am allowing myself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. I am allowing this feeling, whatever it is that you're feeling, to be in my body. And in that space, repeating it over and over and just being with that feeling is already a deep work. And and it will really, I believe that this will already take it into a different state, take you into a different whole um, state of awareness and at the same time, a different approach with this because now we are not pushing it away. Mm -hmm. We are not pressing it down. We are not forgetting it. We are dealing with it right in that moment. And you'll notice that as you become more aware of that, you it will dissipate at some point it will start to just slow down or it will start to cool down if it's a warm sensation and so that's that's one thing it's being with the feeling and just letting it be there i do agree with you uh the majority of the human beings we tend to hide those emotions from themselves because they're painful and they don't want to feel them or they don't want to feel them again. And, uh, and many times, but the majority of times when we are triggered by something is triggers from our past experience mm-hmm. and we bring them back to the present. Yes. And it is too painful. We will run or hide. We get a, the flight or uh, what the other word? The fly or fight. Yes. Uh, yes. When we're getting in, when we're getting triggered, but yes, I agree totally with you here that if we actually we ask those deep questions, why I'm feeling this, and permit yourself 
to feel that emotions. This is grief, it is sadness, whatever emotion there is, mm. it is important to feel it and Absolutely. honor those emotions. Yes, exactly. And and sometimes if we we are even in that deep state of feeling before we could ask the question, as you mentioned, why am I feeling this? Just be with that feeling is already a big change. It will make a big, big difference. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just remember that uh, to all our listeners that all, if you check the history of the world, that all the people that went to a battle, to a war, they went with the fear, but they went to the battle and whatever they would need to overcome. And hiding, it is never going to be a solution. And this is don't hide from yourself because it's going to be always going to be there. That's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate your coming. Would you have something else that you would like to add before we, we close down? Um, I would love to add in terms of how beautiful the name that you picked which is warrior of love because every day I feel and see how we all are warriors of love it's just that we forget where we come from we forget that love is is and will always be there with us and that it's not about it's not about trying to be loved by someone or to be loved by by external things. It's about being love and sharing that love with others. And loving ourselves. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you, Monica. Mm-hmm. And thank you, everybody, for being here. And, uh, and I see you in the next one. Thank you for being in Soul Talk. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioroflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.